I lied, my name is Rishioza. My name's Azure Hire. And uh, we got one thing to talk about, one thing only in this episode. We are going to be previewing the NBA Finals. Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat. Uh, Denver's been resting for like a week and a half, just kind of waiting for this moment, just knowing who they're going to play. And then on Monday night, they figured it out. Miami staved off the 3 0 comeback by Boston, won in game seven in very, very convincing fashion. And uh, game one will start on Thursday in Denver. They will host. That's a huge thing. I think as all Denver fans, I wanted Miami to win just for the simple fact of, of home court. And we kind of previewed earlier. Um, I think we previewed it when Miami was up like 3-1 or, or 3-0. We were like, yeah, Miami's going to win. But it got got pretty close um, <laughs> to uh, to Boston winning and Denver having to head to Boston tomorrow. Um, what, what are you just your initial thoughts on this series as a whole? What are your thoughts on playing Miami uh, versus Boston? Thoughts on that series um, as well, maybe? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I guess I, I'm glad that Miami won that series. Um, just compared to Boston, they just seemed like, you know, like Boston's just so all over the place with their coaching and, and um, the amount of three-point shooting they, they that they rely on. Uh, game six was interesting because Miami shot the three ball incredibly well and the Celtics mm-hmm. shot it really poorly, but Miami had like the lowest field goal, field goal percentage in the paint that they've had in like... <laughs> 30 years so yeah. if that doesn't like the happen lowest, like in playoff history or something yeah, it was like yeah, some yeah. historic number that they just they could not finish a layoff i, I think they shot 34 percent on twos um compared to like 49 percent, maybe even 50 percent on threes um and then for boston it was like the exact opposite um but and that that Derek white put back insane by by a denver guy it looked like he was gonna put his team you know, into the finals because, you know, I, I really thought that Boston, that Miami kind of had, like, no chance. I especially didn't think it was going to be a Miami yeah. blowout. Like, if Miami were to win, I thought that they would win in their ugly defensive ways, which they did, like, you know, on defense. But I thought, you know, it would be more of like a 92-90 game. But Miami, again, yeah. shot it incredibly well from three in game seven. So, um, that could definitely carry over into the Denver series. Um, but yeah, super excited. I think Denver, the city is excited. I've been seeing more nuggets jerseys, just like randomly walking around if I'm driving or if I'm, if I'm going to the gym or something. Um, so that's super exciting. Have you seen anything that's, you know, cool about, about having the finals here? I mean, I, I'm farther away from Denver than you are, so I don't see it as much. Um, but I can just tell, like, just looking on Twitter, looking online, like, the city is, the city is ready for it. Like, it, it is – there's, like, a sense of, like, okay, like, this is happening now um, just around around Denver. Just from, you know, seeing news outlets posting about it, seeing reporters posting about it, seeing today. Today was, like, the finals media day um, for both teams and, like, and they said media members there for a Nuggets game. Like, there's maybe like twenty. Like, there's like there are not a lot of media members there yeah. uh, for Nuggets games. Um, so just no seeing how many people are there for this game and this event is it's really really cool to see. And it's like you you can see it on online. Like, 
people are posting stats and posting things about Denver, like national outlets are like, yeah, we've known this for like three years. Like you're just being forced to talk about it now. Uh, so I, I, you can, you can tell that it's, it's going to be something big. I'm really excited to see how it's going to go. I hope, hopefully I can get up to Denver, not go to a game, hopefully go to a bar, go to yeah. one of the watch parties, um, for one of the road games, just see how, see how everything is. Um, yeah, I'm going to be in there. Arizona, unfortunately, for like this whole series. Like, I'm going to I'm going to be able to watch game here, the game one here tomorrow. But after that, I'll be in Arizona. And I think, like, oh, yeah. I, I don't know when they <laughs> this kind of talk in advance. But if, if they do a parade, um, is that like like a week after the finals? Two weeks after? Because I could be back for that. But I don't. I don't. This is like I end of know. June. I don't know. But. Um, I I don't know. I remember when the Avs did it. It was like three days. Like it was just pretty immediate oh, right. after. But and because it's both Cronkies, I'd assume it'd be on a similar time. Yeah. It really sucks for me because if they do win, I leave on like the sixteenth of June, <laughs> and that's like right yeah, around when the finals yeah. end. So if they do win, I gotta leave like immediately, <laughs> which really blows. Yeah, um, I'll be back the twenty ninth. Um, I feel like the pro maybe. maybe. I don't know. I mean, if it goes seven, like there's a chance. But. Yeah, because I depends on what the city's planning to and everything. Um, yeah. I mean, I going back to the the series. Like I, I thought Boston was going to win 100, percent especially after Game Six. I thought there was no way that Miami mentally could regroup and regather as a team to come out and play on the road in a Game Seven. For a trip to go to the finals, I just thought there was no way that was going to be possible. Um, clearly, I was wrong. That was that was one of the more impressive Game Seven wins uh, that I that I've ever seen. Considering the context, considering what had happened forty eight hours before, like the, Miami played so bad Game Six, they played so bad. Like they the, the three ball was the only thing that was keeping them in it, and then at the very end, they make a push. It was like the exact same thing to what happened in Game Seven last year with these two teams, like. Miami was playing really, really bad. Boston was up like 10, 11 points the entire game. And at the very end, Miami makes a push, and they were, they were just one shot short. This time, Jimmy gets fouled on that three. He makes all three. They take the lead. I, I thought there was I thought there was no way Miami was – like, yeah. after going through all of that and losing still at the last second, I thought there was no way. But, I mean, that, that shows how dangerous of a team Miami is. Like, having that much confidence in yourself and having that much – team morale and chemistry to come back from probably one of the most devastating playoff losses like I've ever seen that's that's ridiculous like yeah. that, that's a special team there and I don't think Denver should take them lightly at all like no. I, I would be more scared of them right now after that game seven yeah um, for sure than I would be before sure. for sure I think an underrated talking point about the Celtics is really like how important this series was for their future and you know obviously they're making history to come back 3-0, obviously that's a huge deal. But like looking in turn ahead for their future, you know they're like 0.1 seconds away from losing in six to the Heat. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you know Missoula's gone, Jalen Brown is gone? Um, like, what do they do with their whole future moving forward? And then they win Game Six, and it's like, hmm. If they pull off this comeback and make the finals and Missoula keeps his job, Jalen Brown probably re-signs. <laughs> and then they have one of the biggest letdowns in yeah. Boston sports history. Um, and now it's like back to the situation of before of like, you know, what what is Jalen Brown going to do? What do they do there? He had eight turnovers in game seven. 
I think one for nine from three. Um, he really, he wasn't good, you know, in the series at all. Like the first three no. games, he was terrible. And then um, he had a couple decent games, but then game seven was really bad. <laughs> you know, and then obviously like the Missoula situation, because it, it's pretty clear, you know, he doesn't have his players ready a lot of the time. And, and yeah. his offense, you know, isn't great. And, you know, they're probably expecting a lot after uh, Ime Yudoka had such a great coaching season for them last year. So, like, I don't know. The, the future of the Celtics, there's a lot of teams, man. Like, especially in the East, the future of the Celtics, yeah. the future of the Bucks, Because the Bucks, they're not going to be able to keep Brooke Lopez um, with this whole new CBA situation. And then... Yeah, they're they're gonna have to choose between Lopez or Middleton. Right, right. That, like, yeah, they, they, can't, they can't keep both of them. Yeah, and I feel like they would. I don't know. I feel like they would pick Middleton, but um, the Sixers. You know, what is James yeah, Harden's yeah, future moving forward? As well. Like, there's a lot of teams that have interesting situations that um, you know the talent could get spread out uh, this offseason mm-hmm. in the East. Yeah, another underrated storyline for Boston. It came out this morning. They're going to lose three of their assistants to Houston. I mean, Udoka's pretty set on bringing some of those guys over. So an already thin and inexperienced coaching staff is going to get even more thin and even more inexperienced. So, I mean, I for a first-year head coach to get to Game 7 of the conference finals after going to the finals last year, like I think that that's a pretty successful season. I think... You know, you, you have an experienced front office, at least. Brad Stevens is still there. He can help guide Missoula in terms of building a staff, building a better offense, building all of that. Um, so I think they should keep him just for one more year because, like, I mean, it, what, like getting to this point of the season is a success I, in a vacuum, I guess. Obviously, with context, it's all different. But if you just take it at face value, getting to Game 7 of the Conference Finals— it's the same team you went to Game Seven of the Conference Finals against last year. Like I think that's a successful season, but there's a bunch of different moving parts. It's interesting. I like you said, Boston. Their future is kind of murky. Philly, Milwaukee. A lot of the top teams are. You, you don't really know what's going to happen um, with them. It's kind of fun. Like most of the other lower teams uh, in the East, like New York. You know what's going to happen with them. Cleveland. You know what's going to happen with them. Yeah, Brooklyn, you know what's going to happen with them. Like all the other lower teams, you know what's going to happen. But those top teams, they got they got some thinking to do. I think it's just so funny that the entire season people were like, "The East is better <laughs> than the West." The East is this is the finally like the East. The West is so bad. It's like no, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not. Especially post All Star break, like post All Star break with the Suns, the Warriors, the Lakers, all having like incredible records. I mean, all those teams, I think, are pretty stout. Like. Compared to the mm-hmm. East, um, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Like, if the Heat beat the Nuggets, then it's like, all right, damn, maybe the East was pretty good, taking the Heat to seven. Maybe. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, getting back into into this series, um, you know, like obviously the main kind of like star matchups: Jimmy versus Jamal and on the perimeter, and then Jokic against Bam inside. Um, well, all right. What do you think of the the Jokic Bam situation? How do you think the Heat could try to uh, defend Jokic? I have no. I think like I think we've very, we've clearly seen this postseason, and we've known it for a while. But I think the league is and everyone around it. Sorry to notice. If you leave him one on one, you're gonna you're gonna get killed. You cannot do it. He did it to 
Rudy Gobert did to DeAndre Ayton, did to Anthony Davis, did to Draymond Green last year. You cannot leave him one-on-one at all. He's going to dominate. I just don't know if Miami has the size to do anything else, though. Like, do you, you can start Kevin Love in place of, I don't know, Martin or Vincent or Struess, maybe. Like, I don't know who you take out. All those guys are playing too well for you to take them out of the starting lineup for someone who got taken out of the rotation completely. But you need size against Denver. Like, Denver's a huge team. It's not just Jokic. Like, Gordon and Porter make that a ginormous front line. All three of those guys are bigger than their tallest player. Like, they're all huge. But I think if you're just looking at Jokic, like, Bam, you, you, he's one of the best defenders in the league. As poorly as he played offensively in the Boston series, defensively, he was a monster. He was doing right. everything. Right. He was switching. I, it was, it was great. Like, the pick and roll numbers in game seven against Bam were on, like, Boston did not score at <laughs> all in the pick and roll against him. He was doing everything right. He played drop perfectly, switched perfectly, he was playing in the rim, blocking shots. He was doing everything right. But, I mean, Jokic is just a different beast. Like, I think Miami is much more built to guard the perimeter than they are to guard the interior. And I think Denver, I think Jokic can take full advantage of that. Like, I just don't think they have the size to to do anything. Like, I don't think they have the size to put Bam as a roamer. I don't think they have the size to clog up the passing lanes enough. I think you have to hard double on the catch and make someone else beat. You cannot let him get in a rhythm passing or scoring at all. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with Jimmy, whether they put Jimmy on Jamal um, or could they use Jimmy kind of as a, as a roamer um, to where like if, if he's guarding Gordon, you know, in the dunker spot and, and Miami somehow figures out a way to, to, you know, force Gordon out to the perimeter. Does Jimmy, you know, allow Gordon to take those threes and, and roam, um, with Bam to try to stop Jokic or, or send some, you can't really like hard double team Jokic, but you know, like reach in a little bit, step in there, kind of like soft double teams. I wonder what they'll do with Jimmy. Cause he's, you know, another smart, really smart defender and probably like the second best defender on the, on the team. Um, and so if they can use Adebayo and Jimmy to really try to stop Jokic, maybe they could have some success there. But again, like Jokic is just, a different beast as you said um yeah i mean like that that pick and roll is just completely different with with Jokic instead of horford or, or williams um yeah because they can do inverted pick and rolls they can you know obviously they can do so much off of their their two main games so um that would be interesting th- to see um i think another big part of denver's success uh in these playoffs is getting out in transition especially after a rebound um like Jokic Jokic is pushing the ball so hard down the court every time he he gets a rebound off a miss um the Nuggets are second in in transition points off of live rebounds in the playoffs um they were third in the regular season um and then Miami's transition numbers are not good at all they're all um for the regular season at least they were 25th 28th in in transition points um, 26th in, in points off of rebounds, 21st in points off of steals. So, um, you know, they're an old team. They're, they're, they're a slow team really. Um, yeah. and so if you can wear them out as the Nuggets were doing to the Suns, um, as they were doing to the Lakers, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a huge place to try to attack the heat. 
um, so that they don't get set in their half court defense and in their in their zones. Yeah, the zone the zones are huge. I mean, they ran it so much against Boston. I mean, they would run it like once every they would run it every other game as their primary sets, and it would completely freeze Boston up offensively. They would have to think so much instead of just going one on one and attacking. They would have to move the ball around and like use their heads, which clearly was not uh, good for Boston. Um, but like, you can't do that against Denver. Like they averaged, I think it was 1.2 points per possession against the zone. One of the best marks in the league. I think overall through the regular season and the playoffs, they're number one in points per possession against zone. Um, Jokic is the best zone buster in the league. You can't leave. If you leave him in the middle of the floor is exactly where he wants to be. You leave him in the middle of the floor. He's going to do whatever he wants. And that's exactly where you have to be in the zone. Um, Denver's too too good of a shooting team. Like they're too consistent of a shooting team to be in a zone. Zone is more of keeping everything out of the paint and forcing other people to make plays and forcing it to be a team game, uh, rather than one guy driving downhill getting to the rim, rather than one guy posting up on one guy. Like I I just I think that's that's the only like you can't run zone against Denver for extended periods of time. They're gonna they're just too good. They're gonna be able to figure it out, especially with how good of a shooting team they are. Like ACP, 42% for three. Mario Porter Jr., he has like an 80% um, effective field goal percentage on unguarded <laughs> Open threes, threes, I know. Yeah. Which is like, that's unbelievable. Like, funnily enough, Caleb Martin's the only other guy who with a higher <laughs> yeah. one in the postseason. He's at like 84, which is insane. Um, but like, the, you, you cannot, you have to contest on everything. You can't, um, you can't rely on Denver to shoot themselves in the foot like Boston was in the series, which I think is, that's an underrated thing that a lot of national media isn't talking about. It's like Boston for Miami forced Boston and all these things. Like they did, but a lot of that stuff was just them playing into Boston's weaknesses. You can't really play the Denver's weaknesses on offense. Right. Um, I, I don't like, I'm feeling so confident in this series. It's so hard for me to pick a point of where Miami could take advantage of Denver. Um, yeah. as you said with the zone, like, I think Michael Porter could have a huge series um, and make some big threes as he did against the Lakers with Reeves guarding him. Like, you know, there's two of those corner threes where Reeves is all up in his face and Porter drains him. It's like he doesn't even see him. Um, And then he had that other big three on the right wing um, over Vanderbilt maybe. I don't know. But he fell down and made that three in game two. Um, And Miami doesn't have size on the perimeter at all. So, like, he can rise over Struess or or Vincent, obviously, or Robinson, whoever, Martin. He can rise up over anyone. So Porter's going to get a lot of good looks from three. Um, Like, there's just so many situations that I feel good about. I mean, even the Vincent on Murray matchup. Murray's a big guard. Vincent's a small guard. Um, Whether that's Murray taking him into the post or – you know, just using Jokic's screen and just rising up over Vincent. Like, I feel like that's another great, great part for, for Denver. I feel like they match up well on defense with Gordon on Butler, KCP on Martin. Um, you know, obviously it doesn't, it's not all that. Like, the, like they, the Miami can definitely use Jimmy off the ball, which um, Gordon hasn't really seen yet. You know, KD, you know, not really off the ball, like, player. Um, LeBron, not at this stage in his career, but Jimmy's really good at cutting and, and, and sealing defenders. 
Um, like it seems like he gets a lot of those catches like right under the hoop and he just goes up with it. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's maybe a part where, where Miami could take advantage of Denver, but Gordon is just so strong. Like, I, I don't know if he'll allow Jimmy to really, you know, seal him off yeah. in the paint off the ball or, or cut yeah. against him. Um, so I'm really finding like a hard, and then Jokic on, on Bam, I think, you know, if Bam goes one-on-one against Jokic, I'm taking that defensive possession any day of the week. Like, um, yeah, Jokic guards guards guys who just do little hook shots really well. So, um, mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. I, like, I, the one place I think Miami could attack Denver is forcing Jokic to guard in space when they go smaller lineups. Like, I in, in Game Seven, um, towards the end of the first half, Bam got in foul trouble. He got three fouls, and they, they went to Haywood Highsmith, I think, as their mm-hmm. five-man. And they just had a bunch of wings out there. And as we know from watching Denver versus Toronto, Denver versus wings is all a bunch of wings. is not a successful recipe for Denver. Like, they, they really struggle with that. And it's because you're forcing Jokic to guard someone on the perimeter. And he's been a much better defender like this season than he was in the previous. He's been a much better defender in the playoffs than he was in the regular season. He's not a bad defender, but you force any big to guard the perimeter like and, and chase guys off of screens and chase guys on the three-point line, it's not going to go well. Um, now, I don't, I don't think that Miami doesn't really have the true facilities to make that happen because I think you do that, you're screwed on the defensive end because Jokic is going to be able to power up over anybody who you can have. They don't have any huge wings that they can put out. Like Toronto has OG who they can put on Jokic. They have Boucher. They have Scotty Barnes. Like they have Siakam. They have all these guys who can play perimeter, but who can also guard the interior. Miami doesn't really have that. Um, like they don't have a guy who can do that. So I, I, I like, I don't know what Miami, what advantage Miami could have other than the fact that if they continue to shoot completely lights out, that's just, that's the biggest equalizer they have. And if they continue to shoot like that, they're going to be able to be in games and get into clutch games. Then that's something that Denver excels in, but it's something that Miami is also incredible. And they've been one of the best clutch. They've played the most clutch games in the regular season by far. And they've been in, I think they've won like almost every single clutch game outside of game six uh, in the playoffs. So yeah, it's, I like, I don't know schematically. I don't know what Miami could do to really truly take advantage of Denver's weaknesses. Right. Um, I also think Denver has an advantage offensive rebounding wise, considering Miami's size and Denver's yep. size. Uh, Miami was 19th in fewest points allowed, whatever, off, like on offensive rebounds. Um, and they're 13th out of 16 in the playoffs. So, like, offensive rebounding is a big weak point um, for them and a big, you know, strong point for Denver. Um, with Jokic and Porter, if he puts his mind to rebounding, he's a great rebounder. Gordon, mm-hmm. great offensive rebounder. Um, even KCP, like, flies in there sometimes. So, like, I think that's another great spot for them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough. Like, I try, I'm trying not to be biased when I think about it. I know. Like, you just look at it on paper and, like, I don't know how Miami can win the series. Like, I, they, they have to shoot lights that, like, Denver is a better – Denver is so much smarter than Boston. Like, they're so much smarter than Boston. They have more talent than New York. And they're going to be healthy, unlike Milwaukee. So, like, I just, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see a way that Miami wins this series outside of 
outside of Denver severely underperforming. But I don't like I don't think that's gonna happen. Like if they didn't yeah. perform again if they didn't underperform against Katie and Booker and LeBron and A D, I don't see them underperforming against it. Like they just they don't have anything they don't have like a weapon against Denver that they can really utilize. Like I just I don't I don't yeah. know. I mean the only it's just, like it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting series to see how because they're not gonna sweep. I'm I'm like I'm I like on paper they should, but Eric Spolster is too good of a coach. Miami has too much pride. They're not going to get swept. But, like, I just don't know how this goes further than five. Like, I really don't. Yeah. No, I think that'll be my prediction, too. Nuggets and five. But um, I was going to say something, but I, I forget what I was going to say. Um, I don't know. So, yeah, I guess those are our, our predictions. Um, you say Jokic takes home finals MVP, most likely. Um, I mean, Jamal yeah. was kind of close-ish for the Western Conference Finals MVP, but um, yeah. Uh, oh, I was going to say that like the only chance I guess Miami has, obviously if they shoot the three ball really well, cause, um, and they shot it really well in, in five of those uh, Boston games. So uh, that could be scary. But, you know, again, like e- even when Denver's not shooting the three ball well, um, their offense inside the arc is so deadly too. Um, yeah. that they could even keep up with Miami just through twos. But, um, you know, like Robinson is definitely going to get some shots off. Um, you know, Martin, yeah, if he's still on fire. Denver's, Denver's bench has to, has to show up. They got to yeah. be as good as they've been throughout. Like Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, that trio has to make an impact. Because Miami's bench through the playoffs, they're at 33 points a game, which is – a lot because they, I think, pretty sure they only run an eight man rotation too. Um, and Denver's is at 19. So, like, the bench production is huge. And I, that's, you know, a lot of it is because Kyle Lowry's been playing good. Duncan Robinson, like I said, has been playing really, really well. Um, it depends who that eighth man is, whether it's, um, you know, I think it was, it was Martin earlier. Sometimes it's Love. Sometimes it's Haywood Highsmith, like guys who can put up shots, good defenders. Denver's bench. I, I think this is. I think this could be a, a good Christian Brown series. It's like a sleeper X factor. Like honestly, the X factor. I think for Denver, it's either Jamal Murray or Mike Porter Jr. One of those two guys in the starting lineup has to show up. But I think on the bench, this could be a big Christian Brown series defensively because of how perimeter and wing oriented uh, um, Miami is. He got played out of the rotation against the Lakers, but that's because the Lakers. They pounded the paint so much in that series, and it, it, Brown didn't really have anybody to guard. And he did make a he did make you know some mistakes, and he did make shots. That was part of it. But I think if he's able to just be a good offensive rebounder and shut off the perimeter straight line drives, I think this could be a big series for him because I I think they need something from the bench in this series. If they don't, Miami will make it close. Um, but uh, you know you know you're gonna get something from Bruce Brown at least without even right, playing. Right. But I think you need. I think Christian Brown has to step up and be the seventh man over Jeff Green. Not from a rotation standpoint, just from playing right. level standpoint. Um, yeah, I mean Miami. When, when Jeff Green is on the floor, he's still a negative in these playoffs. So like, um, Miami really has to take advantage when Jeff Green is on the court. Anytime Jokic is off the court, I think Miami could, you know, definitely win those yeah. minutes. Um, but in the finals, Jokic is probably only going to rest for like five six minutes we'll probably get like 42 minutes every single game so like that is just yeah. not much of a window um it's usually like the beginning of the second quarter and 
sometimes the beginning of the fourth quarter, but he's played in a lot of um, all the way through the fourth quarters in these playoffs. So, um, yeah, uh, I got Nuggets in five official prediction. Um, could even be four, yeah. honestly. Like, I mean, the fact that they went to like swept the Lakers, which I think the Lakers are a better team than the Heat. Um, like, God, they, I, they're just so good. Like, um, I know. someone said, uh, oh, Bill Simmons said it, it was the best team he's seen in person, uh, since the 2018 Warriors. Um, and then obviously LeBron said that that's the best team that him and AD have played. So like the Nuggets could just be like <laughs> really, really good. Um, which is what we said, yeah. which is what we said before the Sun series, um, I forget. What, I think my prediction might have been Nuggets in five for the Sun series. Um, yeah, it was. It was Nuggets in five. Yeah, and it was close to that. Uh, but they pretty much, you know, they dominated in all those wins. So, um, you know, they showed yeah, against a, like a gritty. The only. My bad. I was just gonna say that, like the Lakers are kind of similar with the Heat um, in terms of their defense and and how gritty and are they are and stuff. So um, to be able to outscore the Lakers in the clutch. Uh, like that in all the games, I think bodes well for this series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the only way that the only three games Denver has lost in this playoff run have been because someone on the opposing team had a ridiculous game, like an unstoppable game. It was Anthony Edwards in Game Four; he was unstoppable. Devin Booker in Games Three and Four against in that series, unstoppable. They. LeBron was unstoppable in game four and Denver was able to pull that one out. Like the only way that these games become close and the way that they are winnable for other teams is if another player on the team has an all-time game because Denver is too good and they're too consistent offensively for you to be able to beat them in a shootout unless you just don't miss. And yeah. Miami has the capability of doing that with the way that they've been shooting in the postseason. Um, I think, you know, fatigue might play a factor they're an incredibly well-conditioned team. It didn't seem to show a factor in, in, in the Boston series. Like, I didn't think either of those teams looked tired at the end of it. Um, I, I thought Jimmy Butler might have been, but I think he's he's probably a little injured right now. Um, in game six, Bam, like, fell completely on his knee. I I would not be surprised if he's nursing some sort of injury there and they just mm-hmm. haven't said anything about it. Um, but in terms of fatigue, it doesn't look like that's going to be an issue. But... Like, I just, I think on, on the bench, like, with Jokic off the court, that's when Miami has to make their impact. And that, you know, Denver's been good with Jokic off the court in the playoffs. But, I mean, Bam has to be good offensively with Jokic off the court. He's not going to be playing a true big. He's going to be playing Aaron Gordon or uh, Jeff Green in, in that lineup. Guys who are more his side, guys who are more his, like, level of, of people he can score over. Mm-hmm. So if he has a good series offensively, Miami can definitely take a couple of games. But I just, I just don't like Denver's just too good offensively. Like I, yeah. I'm trying to stay as unbiased as I can. Like they're just in a, they're they're the best offensive team that Miami or Miami's faced by far. Like it's not even close. Yeah. And I think what gives us a little more confidence is like, like I was just kind of trying to think to myself like, why are we so confident? Like I guess against a guy like Jimmy Butler who you know, is like a dog and he, and he wins those, those big games and he'll show up and he takes, he takes stuff personally and, and, um, you know, he'll remember what happened a year ago and and bring that energy into this year and stuff like that. And there's, there's players like that. Um, LeBron was like that. Um, but I even remember like 
you know, Donovan Mitchell in the bubble, like when he was going crazy and, and he just had that look in his eye. And I remember he was like liking tweets of uh, like Nuggets propaganda or whatever during whatever. Like people, um, people saying that Tory Craig was a stopper. He was liking tweets about that. Yeah, stuff like that. And then like um, Jokic and Gobert, the Nuggets tweeted something about like kind of making fun of Gobert and he liked that. Um, yeah. and it was like, it just felt like he was just going to like win that series. Like there's just no way you beat him. And he goes up three, one after having all those incredible games. It just felt over, but the, the nuggets to like overcome him and Jamal Murray to overcome mm-hmm. him gives me so much confidence because he has honestly in my life as a nuggets fan, he's been the scariest player that I like before games, I'm like scared yeah. of him. And he's been the scariest player um, that the Nuggets have faced. Um, obviously, like Curry would be that, but I last year was like not serious. I didn't even really like yeah. care. Um, you knew Denver was going to lose regardless. Yeah, but Donovan Mitchell was the scariest player. And so for the Nuggets to be him gave me a ton of confidence. And then they do it against the Clippers. Um, and then they do it against LeBron. They sweep LeBron this year. Um, who takes things personally too? You know, him his picture with yeah. the sunglasses down three one, um, and so like the Nuggets can like honestly out tough the most mentally tough players in the league. Yes, yes. Um, That's the, I was gonna say the same. Like outside people looking into this Nuggets team, they do not understand how right. mentally tough this team is. Like they have been through so much, both individually with you know. With the season that Denver had last year, with Jamal Murray going through rehab, Michael Porter Jr. going through three back surgeries through his career, with you know guys going through a ton of different stuff outside, but then what they've been through as a team so far, like this is a tough, tough team. Like they're not any pushover. Like you cannot out physical. Like you can out physical them in the regular season, but in the playoffs when things get going, they can be tough. They can they can beat you up. They can play different styles. And mentally, like, this team does not get rattled because they've seen everything. They've had two straight 3-1 comebacks. They've been in Game 7s on their home court and losing. They've been on Game 7s on their home court and winning. They've been in Game 7s in the neutral court. They've been in, you know, Western Conference Finals losing. They've been in Western Conference Finals winning. They've lost in the first round. They've lost in the second round. They have been through every situation. We didn't even talk about Damian Lillard in 2021 to beat him in that game. Oh my god! And to beat him in that series with what the Nuggets were putting out there, Compazzo and Rivers, um, like damn! And then that was even before like the bubble stuff was even before Murray's whole ACL and before Porter's third back surgery. Um, and so yeah. now like they've been through even more stuff off the court that makes them mentally tougher. Um, and so like J- Jimmy is a dog, but like Jamal is also. A dog, man. Yeah. And, and Jokic is like quietly just one of the most competitive players. And, um, yeah, he showed so much emotion at the Lakers series. I didn't yeah. think that he had, like, that was, was the like, most emotion I've seen. Screaming, he was talking the huddles. Like, I did not know, like, I haven't seen that from him ever in the right. playoffs. I think I, I feel like he did that one time against the Suns. I saw him like pump his fist or something or against, oh no, uh, damn, no, that was the Lakers. Aaron Gordon got that and one dunk, and that's when he yelled, but. Um, yeah, that's what he yelled. He yelled like, hit a three in the Lakers series. Yeah, okay, maybe it was another Lakers game, but yeah, that type of emotion. And then press conference to say that he wasn't even feeling that happy. Like thirty minutes after the game, he yeah. was like, "Oh, I'm surprised that 
I don't feel better. Um, and so, yeah, he's going to be, he wants this. Um, he's going to be showing more emotion in the finals. And I think, yeah, I think Nuggets in five. Yeah. I think that's my, uh, that's my official prediction too. Got about two minutes left here. I don't think there's anything else that we got to say. Yeah, not really. We've talked, like, I legitimately just don't think, like, I don't think we can completely count Miami out because they beat the one seed, they beat the two seed. They have not had home court in any series so far. Like, I don't know what else. Like, they, they have proved themselves to be a very, very good team. I just don't I just don't see it against Denver. Like, I, the way that the how, – how dominant Denver has been, I just don't see it. And it really sucks. I wish this, this run came in another year because I really would have liked to root for Miami <laughs> because I really like that team. I love Spo. I love Jimmy. Oh, I love yeah. that core. I love the heat culture. Uh, just sucks it has to come this year. It really – that died – Really blows, but yeah, Nuggets in five for both of us. Um, I think that's gonna be it. Unless you you got any other last minute thoughts? I don't think so. All right, think. Yes, that's, that's uh, gonna be it for us. We'll see uh, if we can do some other recordings after game two or whenever, whenever yeah. you're settled into uh, your place in Arizona. We'll figure it out. Until then, thanks for watching. For sure. Peace. Peace. Recording stopped.